12. You did it. You yeah, did it. Yeah. Out. Continue. <laughs> oh, no. Burn a naked. I failed. Wait, did you lose all those things? Yes. Why didn't you stop? Because I wanted to keep going. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Which Game First, where we boldly explore the hilariously huge world of board games. Did we unearth any hidden treasures you've been missing out on? Let's find out. First up, we ride the rails to loot, dodge, and shoot in Colt Express. Next up, we ride the rails to lazily avoid walking even the tiniest block in On the Underground. And lastly, our dice are on rails up to the mountain's peak in Can't Stop. I'm your host, Celeste Angelus. Now let's meet the rest of our brave and intrepid game explorers. I am Evan Bernstein. You only need nine letters of the alphabet to spell my name. I'm Ed Povalide. Words are just letters on rail. I'm Mike Grenier, and I love finding hidden words so much that my alphabet cereal always goes south. I know, really? (laughs) I used to spend a lot of time making words in my alphabets. Hey guys, did you know that Which Game First now has a live streaming game night? Now exclusively during lockdown, we'll be streaming our game sessions live. Thursday nights, 6.30 p.m. Eastern U.S. time. We're going to turn the feed on and you're going to watch and laugh as we fumble our way through games we've never played before. (laughs) To watch, just tune into our Twitch channel, Twitch TV at Which Game First. So check us out Thursday night. See you there. See ya. I will see you. Hi, everyone. Last week, we told you all about the app version of the award-winning board game Cutthroat Caverns from Smirk and Dagger. This week, I wanted to tell you about a great storytelling game from Smirk and Laughter Games that is perfect for these extra family nights that many of us are finding ourselves with. Before There Were Stars is a storytelling game where each player tells the mythic creation story of their people, featuring star-pipped dice that are rolled to form the night sky. This is a feel-good game that lets players appreciate the boundless imaginations in us all. Points are awarded for best story moments, allowing everyone to shine, regardless of their skill as a storyteller. And it comes with a timer app that plays the soothing sounds of a night under the stars. (laughs) And gently reminds you when to end telling your story with the sound of birds as if it's reached dawn. Kind of like the wrap it up music at the uh, award show. It is. It is. You, want, you guys want to hear it? It's really cool. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. I love this little app. It is just a timer app. A lot of games come with timer apps now. This one is gorgeous. It's like this purple sky. And there's a little fire burning, and it is animated down at the bottom. <laughs> this game is so cool. I actually I saw him demo it at one of the cons. It's really cool. Okay, here's the night sky where you're telling your story. This is the story of my people. Yeah, like that. You got it. <laughs> yeah. And check out Smirk and Dagger's newest release, The Deadlies. A nasty little card game with cute little devil animals. You don't want to be rid of as soon as you can. <laughs> Go to smirkanddagger.com today to get all their great games shipped right to your door. Smirkanddagger.com. Our first game up this week is Colt Express, designed by Christophe Rimbaud, published by Ludonaut in 2014. 
Number of players, 2 to 6, ages 10 and up. Playtime, 40 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us what's in the box. Uh, The cover of this gem features a runaway steam engine under siege uh, by some cool-looking cartoon characters from the Old West. Banditos. Yeah, some banditos. (laughs) There are seven buildable 3D cardboard train cars from locomotive to caboose and 10 cardboard terrain standees like cactuses and rocks and stuff. There's seven wooden pawns to represent the bandits, that's you, and the marshal. Oh, the marshal. (laughs) We'll talk about him (laughs) later. He got you good. (laughs) There are six character sheets, 132 cards, six character cards, 60 action cards, 36 bullet cards, 17 round cards, 13 neutral bullet cards. I'm not sure what those are. uh, 26 loot tokens, 18 purses and bags with hidden values between 250 and 500 bucks. Six jewels worth 500 bucks each and two strong boxes worth a thousand. And of course, a rule book. And that's choo choo. What's in the box? Well, before we loot, shoot, and review, Evan, tell us <laughs> how it's played. In Colt Express, you are a bandit robbing a train on the same train as some other bandits, <laughs> your opponents. You're all trying to become the richest outlaw in the old west. Yeehaw. Now, each player is going to start the round with a hand of action cards from your personal deck. And these cards can do things like moving. You can do things like shoot and punch, or you can call out the marshal, move them around, and, of course, our favorite, robbing things. Now, each round has two phases. They're scheming. Each player plays two to five of their action cards onto a common pile. The cards may be face up or face down, depending on the type of round. Instead of playing a card, a player can draw three cards from their deck. And then there's the steal-in phase. That's where the action cards are carried out in the order they were played, with the player's best laid plans possibly not panning out due to mistakes <laughs> and oversights. <laughs> After five full rounds, whoever fired the most bullets receives a $1,000 bonus bonus. <laughs> <laughs> but of course, the overall winner, the best robber of them all is the one who has the richest hauls at the end of the game. The most money wins. Woo! <laughs> oh, I love the mess that programming games make. <laughs> oh, yeah. The best laid plan. How is this a programming game? You're looking at a bunch of actions, and before they're carried out, and before you get to see the result of them all being carried out, you're planning multiple turns ahead. I love this mechanic in games. We don't play enough games that have a programming. Yeah, my favorite of the programming games is uh, Robo Rally. That's the classic to me. So this is kind of like Robo Rally for train robbing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The difference here between Robo Rally, which I love, and this game, which I'm not so in love with, is the backstab element. The ba- there is mm. a element of everybody fighting against each other rather than just against the AI. So in Robo Rally, it's the it's the factory of the game board that's gonna get you if you program wrong. <laughs> but here, it's the other players that are gonna get you. I know. I don't know if I like including a backstory. I'm gonna say that you haven't played uh, Robo Rally with me enough because <laughs> every robot in Robo Rally has a gun, and 
it's often where it's like, well, he's the leader. I'm going to be shooting him because I'm on his tippy tails. And every time he's in front of me, pew. But in here, you, you actually have to choose the action to shoot. So you might just be shooting off into the air. It seems less personal in RoboRealm. Because <laughs> it's robots, right? Each of us are playing on the train here, robbers with different sorts of special abilities. Mm-hmm. So there is this individualistic component to it that I don't think you get in RoboRally. It's also the role-playing element, right? We're all role players, and I tend to embody my characters. When I'm given an actual person to play, then I do mm-hmm. take it personally. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Take it personal. Right. Well, you were mad that the marshal shot you six times? I'm mad that you sent the marshal to shoot me six <laughs> times. Yes. True. True story. And just to be clear, that's what the neutral bullet cards are for. You're like, what What are those neutral bullets? Those are the marshal bullets. Oh, that's right. Evan, what are they akin to? Oh, the the backseat drivers and Eddie Cantor's <laughs> tell it to the judge, which we constantly refer back to anytime an annoying part of a game comes up. Yeah, it is. <laughs> they are dead cards. Yeah, they muck up your hand. They're just space holders. They, they, they limit your actions. They, they get in the way. One of the exciting parts about that, though, is that if the marshal doesn't shoot you and another specific player shoots you, you get a bullet with their, like, picture on it so you know who shot you and why your deck is being clogged up <laughs> yes yeah, so you can hold that against them for a long time <laughs> yeah right when those lasers go off in robo rally it's over it's water under the bridge instantly it's just a robot who malfunctioned clearly you didn't plan on shooting me that's just a malfunction of your poor planning ed mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what you want to call it go for it <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know if you're actually backstabbing anybody in this game because, you know. You're right. It's front stabbing. Yeah, front stabbing. It is front <laughs> stabbing. I think taking advantage of the individual character's, you know, special ability helps you a lot in mm-hmm. this game. My particular bandito uh, was able to um, shoot upwards if there was somebody on the, on, the car, on the rail car above me. That's some great aim right there. Mm-hmm. That's so handy. I didn't think my special ability was particularly useful. So grabbing a purse, but only if you punch them and they happen to have a purse on them as a free action. I, it would have certainly been better if I could just u- take a purse as a free action. That would have been helpful. I mean, what self-respecting bandito doesn't have a purse on them? I mean, seriously. <laughs> well, we all start with a, with a bag of gold to begin with. Yeah. Right? So we all, we all start with something that you can punch out right, of us but and... you could have dropped it long before I got to you. So that's a function of this game, is if you get punched you, and you're holding a bag of loot, you have to drop it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Boom. You, you know, minus. You, you go backwards, right, Mike? <laughs> but I liked, you, I liked your character's abilities, Celeste, because not only did they have to drop it, you got to pick it up. It's like a free action. I would have much rather been able to shoot through roofs. <laughs> well, well, I was just a smarty pants character who, had, who got access to an extra card each round, which I loved that. That is really nice. That's almost the one I would have picked. Yeah, me too. That's the exact one I wanted to. I like the power I got, which allowed me to place my first card face down so no one knew what I was doing. Each round, you have a different set of actions that you're going to take that round, and it kind of like tells you what special bonus you might be able to get that round or which card in the set of four is going to be face down. So it makes every round really kind of different from each other. So those are the round cards, and some of them have special events on them. For example, being sent to the last uh, caboose is you're on uh, the roof. Yep. 
<laughs> yes, yes. Five rounds each round with their own special event that everyone gets subjected to, whether you like it or not. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it puts you at a disadvantage, or sometimes you can really take advantage of it. Like I, you can only move three spaces on the roof when you move, but if you're on the roof when that other thing comes up, you can go all the way from the uh, the engine car all the way back to the caboose or or vice versa do you think it tosses strategy out the window that some of the turns you play some cards face down it's effectively like all the lights going out and everyone gets to a few seconds to do something and then the lights will come back on suddenly (laughs) and then okay you have to kind of try to anticipate where everyone might be going so i found that to be uh challenging yeah, they call those spaces the tunnel spaces, like the train just went through a tunnel. So I was like, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it, it kind of represents the chaos of trying to rob and do an old time train robbery. <laughs> yeah, it did remind me of a movie, like an old Western movie of people robbing trains. Although we missed the uh, whistle of the train. Choo choo. You know, that should have been somewhere in the background. Playing, <laughs> given me. I would have been more in the moment. Yeah, I really like the, the 3D train. That's your game board. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, neat. We played digitally on Board Game Arena, so we didn't get the full experience of the 3D board. They made a nice digital representation of it, I though. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. It looked a lot just like almost like a photograph of a 3D, of the 3D yeah. train that we were moving on. So it looked very much like the game piece does originally. And I think a benefit here would be the cleanness of mobility in the digital version. I think moving your meeple up and down on that train might get a little bit messy in real life. Well, I think one other difference to playing the digital game is that when we were all done with our programming, the computer just kind of like zipped right through the, the uh, <laughs> what do they call it, the, uh, the stealing phase. So it was like, well, like, while trying to catch up, wow, what just happened? Uh, oh, I got shot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to me, I thought that was more fun, actually, so watching fun. like, yeah, you you see this little like bang shot come on your chest and then you move back or up or whatever. And there was one round where I think it was Celeste got shot by the marshal, went, got pushed upstairs, got shot by the person upstairs, went back downstairs. <laughs> the marshal shot her again. Yeah. <laughs> it was awesome. Yeah. And that wouldn't have been as fun on. Uh, I think that's it was way more fun seeing the computer do that than it would have been at home. It definitely faster, too. I agree. Totally. I mean, we would have had to figure all that out. And. We'll talk about that on the next game, which had a lot of that uh, same type of stuff, which is on the underground, which we all had to do on our own. And it did slow yeah. things down. Ed is really good at Robo Rally and like move. He's like, all right, stand back. I'm going to move everybody now based on these cards. So Ed sort of <laughs> yeah. does the uh, directing for us. So we kind of get to watch a show anyway. But if you don't mm-hmm. have a guy like that playing with you, this, is, this AI is fantastic. Translation, Ed's afraid we're going to screw it up. <laughs> True. <laughs> I think one of the things that sets this game apart from Robo Rally a little bit, though, is that the uh, the turns aren't so painful when you mess up because it takes kind of a long time to get through the whole Robo Rally mistakes. <laughs> this one here goes quicker, so it's less painful. Mike, I agree. One one wrong programming move in Robo Rally can really set you back far. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Whereas, okay, you make a mistake here, and it's not so crazy. It's true mm-hmm. that this factory of the train here is much less complex than what you're going to get at Robo Rally. That part is true, but <laughs> yeah. I'll tell you, I was stuck at the front of that train and could not get anywhere near the loop for many turns for like three turns, which is a long time in this game. <laughs> 
Yeah, well, especially when this game is relatively short. It's only five rounds, so a round where you got a bunch of dead cards, it's like, yeah. what, 20% of your turn that uh, you got nothing. You're not sure if your cards are going to be dead, though. Like, you might shoot just because, yeah, maybe there's nobody in the train car you're with, but you have a gem. And if you don't have the card to pick it up, maybe shoot. Maybe somebody will come to try to get that gem. You know, sometimes taking an action where you're not sure if it's going to work can pay off. Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury Colt Express. Ed? The bandit theme is fun, and I do love me some programming, so (laughs) dig this up for another train heist. Mike? I love watching one misstep cascade into an avalanche of failures, and (laughs) Colt Express is quick enough that the mistakes are more fun than frustrating, so I say dig it up. Evan? Programming games, we don't play enough of these. They are really fun. Colt Express is no exception. Digger up, partner! (laughs) The 3D game board is very cool. But the grrr factor was a little too high and a little too personal for me, so I'm going to bury it. Grrr factor, I like that. Evan, where can you find this game? You can find this award-winning game at local game stores and obviously online for about 40 bucks or less. And you can try it out right now at BoardGameArena.com. It's free. If you have thoughts about Colt Express, let us know. We are at which game first on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. Our next game up is On the Underground, London, Berlin, designed by Sebastian Bleasdale, published by Luda Creations in 2019. Original version was published in 2006. Number of players 2 to 5, ages 14 and up. Playtime, 60 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us what's in this box. The box cover is a nice white background and a cool, colorful silhouette of some famous London landmarks. And when you crack it open, you've got a double-sided board representing London on one side and Berlin on the other, two sets of 55 destination cards for the two cities, 190 colorful wooden track tokens. I mean... Would it really be a train game without a bunch of tracks? (laughs) 10 score tiles, 8 London connection tokens, and 40 Berlin landmark tokens. A start player tile, 20 branch tiles, and I'm assuming a rule book, which I didn't see anywhere on the Kickstarter. And they also mentioned that all the printed stuff, uh, like the cards, etc., has like a nice linen finish, which I love. And if you get the deluxe version, you also get 16 fancy wooden destination tokens, five unique passenger meeples, including one guy in a wheelchair, and a clear passenger meeple, which I think would have been really awesome in our game. And that's... What's in the box? Before we punch your ticket for this review, Evan, tell us how it's played. In On the Underground, the players build the Underground in London, or the U-Bahn in Berlin. They control two to four different lines. It depends on the number of players. On each turn, four destination cards are available, corresponding to stations on the map. You can take up to four actions. Building track or by taking a branch token. A player needs two branch tokens to branch out of an existing line. After each player's turn, the passenger token is moved along lines, avoiding walking as much as possible. That's important. Mm-hmm. To, re- to reach one or two destinations determined at the beginning of the turn. The visited destination cards are then replaced by new ones. Then the next player takes their turn. 
Now, players can score points in two ways. First, by building track and connecting their lines to various types of stations. Or secondly, by having the passenger use their lines when the passenger's moving. After all destination cards have been drawn and all players have taken the same number of turns, the game ends. And the player with the most points, well, they are the winner. Victorious! And the Rail Baron of London or Berlin. The U-Bahn. Just Berlin. We played this game on Tabletopia. We sure did. Yeah, we did. Uh. Which is the digital <laughs> system where you there are no rules locking. So it doesn't do any of the rules right. for you. You have to do everything. It's just a digital version of the game and the pieces. And mm-hmm. you can't stop other players from moving your pieces. It's just like being at the table. You can really mess with other people. I mean... Mm-hmm. It's a great, great system. <laughs> it even allowed nice. him. Uh, unfortunately, sometimes we have children at the table. I know. Isn't that terrible? Hey. <laughs> I think Ed's I talking about you, you Evan. There. Yeah, he is. I just realized that 10 seconds later. <laughs> I mean, Evan's not a child, but he did find a way to stack his tracks into a vertical tower, and I needed revenge for all the other games where he touched my pieces, so I grabbed the entire tower and tossed it across he the did. board. He did. It and collapsed. And ended up all over the board. Yep. It collapsed faster than Sauron's <laughs> tower in Lord of the Rings. It was awesome. I found Evan's side entertainments, which he was able to do on Tabletopia while we were playing, very good because this game was <laughs> slow. And, oh, okay. and moved at a pace where outside <laughs> entertainment could certainly help. We could have actually built an actual railway faster than playing this game, is what Celeste is really saying. It's uh, it's kind of tough sometimes when, when the beginning of the game tells you that you have to go through this entire deck to end the game. Ugh. Like every single card is going to get used. Yeah. Part of the thing to slow down is because we're using Tabletopia, um, even putting tracks on the spaces took more time than it would take in real life. Right. Because right. you had to like find, oh, where's the hot body? Because it's not dropping yeah, right. Yeah, like drop sideways or whatever. It's not connecting where it should. Diagonal. Yeah. One of my pieces was like, one of my tracks was white. So you couldn't even see it against the white mm. board either. So Yeah, the white background and white pieces, they really did blend. I'm like, is there a track there or not? I... Like, yeah, it's my secret line. And <laughs> what would have really been helpful is if uh, the passenger moved on his own. Because... For example, if this was on Board Game Arena, because they set the rules for you, they probably would have moved the passenger for you at the end. So us trying to guess where the passenger is going or figure out where the passenger is going was tough. Well, mm-hmm. you do get some choices because if there's a, uh, a choice of which way it could go, the active player gets to decide. And there's a kind of a hierarchy of how they'll move. Like if they're on a track, they're going to try to get onto a track that leads to where they're going before they'll walk. So if they're sitting on a track that goes all the way around the city and goes to the to the spot they want to go to, they'll take three transfers to get there. Even if they're just one block walking block away from where they're supposed to go. Yep. Yeah, they avoid walking at all costs. That was entertaining. Yep. That's a one. <laughs> Especially as the tracks got longer and longer. Yeah. And the person was very close in walking distance to this one spot. Oh no, they have to take the train around the city. <laughs> Eight, 12 times the length to actually get to the yeah. destination. On Evan's red line, which made an entire loop and scored him 10 extra points for that. I made a loop. Yeah. Yeah. Evan had yeah. the monster loop. That was a really powerful loop. Mm-hmm. And that was basically once Evan had had that, I wish the game had ended. You know, because... <laughs> I know. Well, the tra- game did end relatively quickly after he no, completed that. No, it didn't. That. We played for an hour. We played for another hour afterwards. 
after Evan got that loop. That's not relatively quickly. I'm sorry, Ed. (laughs) I know you have a high tolerance for games like this, and you may not notice an hour passing, just like I don't notice an hour passing when I'm playing (laughs) D&D. I don't. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it was painful. Add to that that it was our (laughs) very first streaming of a game, and I'm like, whoa. This is like watching molasses drip from a tree. Yeah, I think we need to start with the shorter games first and then go to the longer It is a pretty simple game. Definitely simple. Simple. I I really appreciate that. Your turn is basically taking four placements down on the board. I mean, it's like ticket to ride in a lot of ways to me. I did enjoy the map. I wish the... You know, the color gradation was a little bit better. But I actually liked mm-hmm. seeing the map of the London tra- Underground. That was really cool. And seeing, wow, there's so many stations. Uh, do you think mm-hmm. they could have done this with New York? Or is it, or would you just have given up, like, too many stops? <laughs> sort of, yeah. But, but, I mean, they would have had to have you go into Manhattan to go out to anywhere else, of course, just like New York, which is really frustrating here. Well, I think that was almost true in London, which you notice the center part of the London map where Evan built a giant loop, everything else kind of branched out from there. So if you wanted to get from one end outside, you had to go into the loop first and then go out. Hey, ride my train. That's why I built it, baby. <laughs> yeah, we we kind of started finding ways around the loop. <laughs> we did. Yeah, I know. I know. And my stockholders were not happy. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Now, Mikey found a way to catch up pretty darn close to Evan. I was just kind of like trying to get my guy to ride my line as much as I can. And it worked to some degree. And I was fun trying to plan out where I could put my my track in order to make the passenger ride my line instead of Evan's or someone else's. But Mikey was always on Evan's tail. So that never really changed. And for me, I made some wrong choices at the beginning, which... According to what Evan said on the instructions about the Berlin line, might have worked better in Berlin, but mm-hmm. uh, be, being that you don't form a loop, you actually form connections to, to terminuses, I think. Well, the, the point going is a little different. You get uh, token points in uh, Berlin. Right. So it might have worked better there, but I made a couple of wrong choices in the beginning, and I could never recover. And I appreciate that, that the game actually had two different ways of playing it. Uh, where London will feel like a different game than Berlin. Games like this kind of bother me a little bit because sometimes you can just see the future chugging ahead at you for a very long time and there's no real way to stop somebody from doing what they're doing or to catch up very easily. So that was a little frustrating for me. That's a bit of a train metaphor there in that description, (laughs) Mike. I like that. Well played. (laughs) Well, I know that there's there's a few ways to really cut people off if you're not careful. Like sometimes... Building on the outside, the perimeter, will allow you somebody else to cut you off if you're not careful. Oh, yeah. Track blocking is big here. I can imagine skilled players getting really cutthroat with their track placement. Oh, yeah. Well, I got a ton of points, actually, just connecting like stations, like bank to bank or food place to food place. It's three points just to connect those two things. So that's why I was able to keep up with Evan for a while. And those terminuses are worth two points. So I'm wondering if... um. A more focused strategy on doing the branches rather than the loops. It's like, fine, you do the loop. I'll just do all the branches off your loop. And mm-hmm. I wonder if that could actually get you a lot of points. It seemed like potential to me. The problem with the end line strategy is this passenger is lazy. <laughs> yeah. It's not a guarantee that they're going to a terminus or even close to a terminus. If there's a station that's closer and more train connected, they're just going to choose that one instead. I think one of the fun aspects of this game was uh, 
trying to figure out like how to pronounce the uh, British town names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them sounded downright dirty. There was other ones that were super weird. <laughs> you have to go to either Action Town or to Hotlop. Action. Action. No, no, no. We're changing the name to Action Town, right? <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> Won't you take me to Action Town? Action Town. <laughs> <laughs> like, huh? The London Underground, the world's first underground passenger railway, having opened in 1863. It must have been smoky in those tunnels. <laughs> A nice coal-driven <laughs> train. Oh, man. Stuff. The soot. Oh, oh people. Nice. That must have been terrible. Those were the days. <laughs> oh, the days of yore. Oh, the days of black lung. The London Underground, right? <laughs> Doing its part to shorten the life expectancy of the 19th century passenger. <laughs> Prematurely killing passengers since 1863. <laughs> okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury on the underground. Ed? It may not be the most exciting game, but I really enjoyed the challenge of trying to catch that next passenger. So I'll dig this up for another train ride on the loop. Mike? The feeling of figuring out your opponent's strategy early and being powerless to stop it is really frustrating. That paired with the lack of any fun surprises to cut through the tedium makes me say bury it. Evan? Well, my plan A worked. (laughs) So the game played about as I expected it to. I'm not into train games as much as Ed or others. But I think On the Underground needs to come above ground. Dig it up. (laughs) This game never got up to speed for me. The clunky mid-game setups of moving the passenger kept slowing it down, too. So I'm going to bury it. Ed, where can you find this game? Backers started getting this new version of the game at the end of 2019, and you may still be able to pre-order it right now for about $40 on their Kickstarter page. If you have thoughts about On the Underground, let us know. We are at which game first? On Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Chug on over. Our last game up is Can't Stop. Designed by Sid Saxon. Yay, Sid. Yeah. Published by Parker Brothers in 1980. What? Number of players 2 to 4, ages 9 and up. Playtime 30 minutes. Okay, Mike, tell us what's in this box. You can't miss this bright red box with the words can't stop and four (laughs) dice rolling right at you. Inside, it has an octagonal shaped red game board with white trim for obvious reasons. Four standard six-sided dice, three runner pieces, and 11 sets of four cone-shaped stackable pawns. And of course, some simple instructions. And that's what's in the box. Hold on. Are you telling me this box does not come with a cup to roll these dice in? I really? did, didn't list it. Well, let me tell you <laughs> something. On yukata.de, where I am currently involved in 20 of these can't stop games. <laughs> <laughs> literally 20. Yeah, come on. Yes, literally 20. It has a digital cup, which game first played on Board Game Arena. But on yukata.de, it looks similar, but has the cup. I'm all for the cup. Yeah, it's totally awesome. <laughs> Board Game Arena had, uh, it looked like one of those like climber guys and kind of a diamond-shaped board. Yes, and that is actually the theme also on yukata.de, a mountain climber climbing to the tops of these number rows. But in the actual physical board, it's a cool plastic board 
with cones. <laughs> with cones? That you move up the board, which is also kind of cool. It's supposed to look like a stop sign. And road cones. Yep. <laughs> Red and white. Correct. Yep. It did not have a alpine climber theme at all. It had a traffic uh, theme. The really classic board has square pieces instead of the cone, but yeah. But before we shake up this review in a cup and roll it, Evan, tell us how it's played. In Can't Stop, a Sid Saxon classic, (laughs) players must press their luck with dice and choose combinations tactically to close out three columns. The board has one column for each possible total of two six-sided dice, so two through twelve. But the number of spaces in each column varies. The more probable a total, such as seven, the more spaces in that column and the more rolls it's going to take to complete. On their turn, a player rolls four dice and arranges them in two sets of two dice. The player places or advances progress markers in the open columns associated with their chosen sets, then chooses whether to roll again, press your luck, or end their turn, wimp, and replace the progress <laughs> markers with markers of their color, basically denoting where they ended. If a roll doesn't result in any legal plays, the turn ends losing all of that turn's progress. All of it! Wah, wah, wah. The first player to close out three columns, just three, wins the game. You can't stop, really. You gotta keep going, man. Oh, man, it's hard to stop. <laughs> this game's elegant. I like this game. It is the classic press your luck game. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I always press my luck way too far, but that's, you know, (laughs) the perfect path to getting an epic win. But, Mike, you pressed and pressed and pressed and got to the top. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it worked. I pressed and pressed and pressed and got nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) You're screaming uh, when listening to the pullouts. You screaming all the time was amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Talk about Gur Factor. It was definitely here. Mike, Mike, and she's playing 20 of these online. I am. <laughs> okay. That's a lot of good factor. Well, you figure if you do 20 times, one of them got to take, right? Exactly. <laughs> that is why I'm playing 20 games, because I got to win sometimes. Yep. Well, one of them is going to be epic. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> this game has so many versions, though. You're right, Ed. It is a classic. You could set up your own board at home with poker chips, as long as you have four dice. In that way, it's similar to Ludo. But this game is actually good, unlike Ludo. But I gotta say, though, I'm definitely not a fan of a game that can end before you even get your one turn. <laughs> like, somebody could press their luck all the way through and just win the game before you go. That would be almost impossible. You have to get three moves to the top. And some of these rows, the middle rows, for example, are very mm-hmm. long. Mm-hmm. There's like 12 moves to get to the top of seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, they scale kind of to the average dice rolls. You know, if you look at what a pair of craps dice looks like. The sevens, of course, roll the most and followed by six and eight, etc. So they, they reflect that in the game by having the longer and shorter tracks for the harder and easier uh, ones yeah. to roll. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. two of the 12 look like really short tracks. You only got to do it <laughs> three times. Yeah. You close that baby right out. Yeah, yeah, but you're rolling four dice. You know, you're mm-hmm. not just rolling two dice. Mm-hmm. Oh, that is so fun because you get to choose the combinations. And I actually, mm-hmm. I think that's where you cut a dot DE does better with this game than Board Game Arena. Mm. Whereas Board Game Arena has that rules locking uh, mechanism where 
it tells you a lot of what you can do, which I love in more complicated games. Mm -hmm. In this game, I wanted to butt out. Don't tell me what I can do. <laughs> Let me look at my dice and make my choices. <laughs> it took me an extra minute to understand what was going on because I wasn't sure how the computer was pairing the dice up. Like, I didn't know why they were pairing them up that way. So I didn't learn the game as fast. It was actually just presenting all the options to you. There's only so many different ways to pair up for dice. It's true, but Celeste, if you could have reached through the screen and slapped the computer's <laughs> virtual hand, you totally would have. I definitely would have. I'm like, mind your own business. It's like that that would be like Mike or something telling me, okay, Celeste, you can move here on the seventh or the eight or the four. I'm like, yeah, thanks, Mike. I don't thanks. need a game splaining. So <laughs> game splaining, yeah. Well, strategically, Celeste, you should probably not move to seven because uh, it's more common to throw. <laughs> so this game is fast, so fast. This game is over in five mm -hmm. minutes, ten minutes. It's it's delightful. Of course, if you're playing on Yukata.de, your game could last days because you don't know when any of your opponents are going to show up to take their turn, which is another great reason to have 20 games going. I knew you'd love this one, Celeste, because... The excitement factor is the same as in like Cosmic Wimp Out, where you have an endless amount of times you're allowed to press your luck until you fail. And if you can't progress on any of those three lines, then I lose all my progress. I'm going one more time. <laughs> progress on two. Oh, I want to go again, Ooh, but I'm not going to. I'm stopping. I'm stopping. I'm stopping. I'm stopping. I mean, how can you not love a fistful of dice that you just keep throwing and pressing your luck for it? This is a very like popcorn candy type of game. It is. There's a there's a lot of versions of this game across the world. It's been around since 1980. And of course, it's Parker Brothers. So naturally, they have mm -hmm. global distribution. I like the name of this game in Spanish. It's called Basta, which is enough. <laughs> enough. <laughs> I've had enough. No mas. <laughs> Okay, explorers, it's time to dig up or bury. Can't stop. Mike. There's not much to it, but if you're in the mood to throw a fistful of dice and take tons of risks, this might be for you. <laughs> dig it up. Ed. It is the push your luck game of knowing when to stop and then knowing you just can't stop. So dig it up. Evan. Can't stop. That could be the most clever title in game history. Because you can't stop playing this game. <laughs> Accurate. This is a big surprise find. Thanks for bringing it to us, Celeste. Dig it up and don't stop. You are welcome. Go to yukata.de right now. It's free and play 30 <laughs> games, okay? Do it. <laughs> Got nothing better to do, I Enjoy. guess. That is my review, so dig it up. If you have thoughts about Can't Stop, and I hope you do, I want to hear from you. We are at which game first? on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And that brings us to the end of our show. We look forward to hearing about all the game exploring you are doing. If you'd like more from us, you can get our exclusive patron-only podcast that comes out weekly. Bonus points. B -b 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 Bonus points. Just go to our website and click on become a supporter today and if you get a chance please leave us a review a like a heart a star anywhere online it really helps others find the show talk about us give us a shout out somewhere and join our chat on discord thursday nights our live game streaming yeah, yeah warts Thursday. and all 
you get to see how the sausage is made. Happy gaming, explorers. I can't stop the Colt Express on the underground. On the underground, I can't stop the Colt Express. I can't stop Express on the underground Colt. Ha, 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 ha.